So we're going to look at uh, the journey, and I've entitled there, Making It Count, amen. And I've said it, Making It Count, because actually you only get one shot at this life. Every one of us just gets one shot at this life. And so we're going to make it count. Come hello, high water, Ellen. We're going to make it count. Praise God. Amen. Uh, Brother Vijay, we're going to make it count. Come hello, high water. Brother Sam, even at your early young age of 16, you're going to make it count. Amen. Doesn't matter how old you are in this thing. We're going to make whatever time is left on this earth. And uh, we're going to make it count. Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor. Let's make it count. Amen. We are, uh, you know, that the Lord will require of us when the next generation comes. It depends on us what we leave for that next generation. Thank God for Pastor Fred and Sister Nell that today we can stand on their shoulders. And we didn't have to lay a foundation even though... In a sense, I feel like we're laying a foundation with the building of that, of that new dome. But actually, in the spirit and in the ministry, we're standing on their shoulders. And we'd like to know that the next generation coming after us is going to stand on our shoulders, hallelujah, and take what we have done even further. Do you know that it's your children that will take what you have started further? Can you say amen? And we're happy for them, right? So this is the journey. Make it count. Now begin by saying that life is a journey, and we are all on a journey with God. Hallelujah. If you are trying to do this journey by yourself, you're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel anxious. You're probably going to have to hook up with Johnny Walker and I don't know who else out there. Uh, but you're on a journey. You're on a journey, and we're on this journey with God. And on this spiritual journey, I'm hoping that we're growing. I don't want to be 20 years old in my spiritual walk and still walking around with spiritual nappies. Amen. So we're on the spiritual journey, and we are growing in God. Amen. And here's what I said. My next slide says, the only guarantee that tomorrow will be better... Is what? Is if you're growing today. The only guarantee that tomorrow will be better is if you're growing today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because anything that is not growing is actually dying. All right? So lift your hands and say after me, if I'm growing today, it means my tomorrow will be better and stronger than my today. Say it again, if I'm growing today, then it means my tomorrow, my next week, my next month will be far greater, far better, far stronger than my today in Jesus' name. And this is what the reap vision of this church is really all about. Amen. It's about going somewhere in this life. Anybody want to go somewhere in this life? Are we just floating around? No, we're going somewhere. Anybody want to go somewhere in your marriage? Few people. Yeah, Alan, thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else want to go somewhere in your marriage? How about going somewhere in your, in your business? Anybody want to go somewhere in your business? How about in your ministry? Everybody's got a ministry here today. 
Doesn't mean you, you have to be up on the pulpit, but every one of us has got a ministry. Every one of us has got giftings, callings, purpose on the inside of you. You were created with a purpose, amen? And we want to go somewhere with this purpose. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. And so it's the same with our walk with God. And we have to keep asking ourselves, what is the next thing? Got to keep moving. What's the next thing? We don't ever want to keep stagnant. The human flesh, the body, the body loves to get comfortable. We want to just sit and repose and take it easy and get comfortable. But what did Jesus, Peter knew. Peter, there was a stirring. There was an itchiness on the inside of, of, of Peter. And, and, and when he saw Jesus living that life, living that supernatural life, when he saw Jesus living the adventure that exists in God, he said, come on, Jesus, tell me to come on the water, and I will I'll get out of my comfort zone and come with you and walk on the water. And he did. Amen. There are four steps to our revision which will enable every one of us to grow. Okay, this vision is not just we're throwing something out there because we need a vision, but this vision is designed to make every one of us grow in God. Amen? Because if you're not growing, you're what? You're dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. All right? So this, the four steps, there's four steps to our REAP vision, and we're going to look at that and and it's okay. It's always good to reiterate the vision, and we're talking about our journey. But our REAP vision, if we had to summarize that, really, our REAP vision is this, reaping some things, just salvation. I hope I make it to heaven. Well, I hope that my marriage is restored. No, reaping what? Everything that Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. Can you say that together with me? Reaping everything that Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. When I say what's the reap vision, you say reaping everything that Jesus accomplished. Hallelujah. The greatest expression of God's love is when he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for us. How many of you know that God sowed his very best so that you and I could reap his very best? And it wasn't just the death of Jesus. You've heard me say a thousand times that many people in the Bible times were crucified, all right? Crucifixion was actually a system devised by the Romans. And if you were a Roman, it was forbidden to be crucified, right? But what was it that was different about Jesus' crucifixion? Was that he died, he was buried, and then three days later, by the power of the Holy Ghost, he was raised back to life. Hallelujah. And it is in his death, his burial, and his resurrection that Jesus Christ made available to all who believe. How many believers do we have here? Five and a half of you, all right. They're in Phoenix. How many believers do we have? I see every hand uplifted, okay. So they're doing better than you. How many believers do we have here this morning and down in Galway, all right? He made available to all, to the whosoever, all 
that we would ever need in this life and in the one to come to live a victorious and triumphant life. That's what our reap vision is, okay? Reap vision is not about getting into heaven and then living a defeated life, a miserable life. You're holding on for dear life, waiting any moment for Jesus to come back because any moment now you're about to backslide. Listen, there's nothing victorious and triumphant about that. If you're about to backslide, hurry up and backslide and then get born again again. And maybe this time you'll have a proper encounter with Jesus Christ. And maybe this time you'll probably properly get delivered and set free. The only reason why you're holding on for dear life is because you weren't properly set free. And you never really had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Amen. So reaping everything that Jesus accomplished for the glory of God is in actual fact not just getting to heaven and living in my mansion, but living in this earth, wrapped up in this body of flesh, living a life that is victorious, that testifies to the world, to my world, to your world, that I serve a living, loving Savior. I don't have religion. I have a person who died, conquered death, hell, and the grave. And because he rose, I rose. And because he lives, I live. And because he was victorious, I am victorious as he is. So am I, and so are you in this world. Hallelujah. The Old Testament version of that would be when God called Israel out of Egypt and he brought them out of something to bring them into something better. Whenever God takes you out of something, it's always to take you into something better. Some of you are upset that that relationship ended, that God terminated it. You know why? He's got somebody better in store for you. Don't be upset. If you had stayed with that man, it would have been miserable. It would have been a heartache. It would have been sorrowful. You would have landed up with five kids and then, all, then you having to raise them up by yourself with no provision. But thank God he separated you and there's somebody else. So God always takes you out of one thing to put you into something better. <laughs> Hallelujah. And what was the better that they had? They had to cross the river Jordan, go into the land of Canaan that flowed with silk and money. I mean, with milk and honey. Same thing. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, there are people that teach that that's, Pastor, that's when we cross from this life and we go into the next life and we're in heaven. I funny, I don't read about having to fight giants and, and fortified walls when I'm in heaven. When I'm in heaven, I'm going to be face to face with Jesus, all of the elders. There's going to be Pastor Fred there. There's going to be a, 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 a Salwin Subban. There's going to be all, all of God's precious people. Where I, there's no giants in heaven. There's no Gergeshites, Gilgeshites. Terminites, whatever other ites you might want. <laughs> Amen? No, this is in this world now. This is crossing over and moving into all that God has. That is the reap vision. What is the reap vision, ladies and gentlemen? 
Hallelujah. Come on. And, and my faith, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Joshua. She's Mrs. Joshua. I'm Mr. Joshua. And we're pulling people across the Jordan, but sometimes by their toenails. They're digging in their heels. We're pulling them across. No, God's got more for you. We're rattling cages. Don't be satisfied with that side of the Jordan. God never purposed for you to be. There was three, two and a half tribes that stayed on that side of the Jordan. You never got to hear about them again. You never got to hear about them again because they never moved with God. They never moved into the more that God has. Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, God has a land flowing with milk and honey just for you in this day, wrapped up in this body. You might have your bulls of Bashan surrounding you. You might have your outlaws, in-laws, giants, your Goliaths, and all of his brothers. But that's okay. God has more. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Can you say amen? So in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 7, it says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Hallelujah. South Africa is a good land. Hey, I don't, I don't look at the economy. I don't look at the economy to say that South Africa is a good land. I see it in, in the Bible. The Lord your God is bringing you into KZN, a good land. A land of brooks, of waters, of fountains and springs. I don't know about no drought that flows out of the valleys of a thousand hills and hills. Be, uh, uh, what's it? A, a land of wheat and barley and sugarcane, by the way, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing in which you will lack nothing. I don't need to move to New Zealand. I don't need to move to the United Kingdom. In this land, this good land, hallelujah, I will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So it brings me to my next slide. When Jesus died on the cross, God made it possible for all of us by experiencing all of his redemptive gifts. Hallelujah. There's so many wonderful things that Jesus procured for you and me on the cross. That's why he's the Alpha and the Omega. And he's every letter in between. So whatever it is that you have need of, Jesus paid the price. His death, burial, and resurrection has made it available by you. And by faith, you have to apprehend it. By faith, you have to say, I receive it right now. I take it right now in the name of Jesus. 
I will walk in the length and depth and breadth of my land that flows with milk and honey. I will lift up my hands and bless the Lord. I'm going to sing. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be glad. I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be bad. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Hallelujah. It's what you got to do. Amen. So the way in which we reap this amazing life is four ways, all right, which you probably know, but it's good for us to go through it. Number one, it's reaching, reach, and that re simply means knowing God, okay? So what does that mean? That means that everything that we do is geared to reach the lost at any cost. Everything and anything we do, that's part of our DNA. Whether it's a hope uh, operation that we run, whether it's a concert, whether it's a Bollywood production, an Easter production, whether it's a funeral that we do, whether it's we come and we do a thanksgiving for you, we'll be, we'll be giving the altar call. Whether it's a wedding, we're going to do the altar call, God, God willing. So we're reaching. But knowing God is also for every one of you. Why do I say that? Because it's possible to be serving God for 30 years and you still don't know God. See, I don't want people to just tick the box. We came to church. We ticked the box. We ticked the box. And, but I didn't really know God. I didn't feel God. I didn't communicate with God. That's religion, what we call religion. Going through the motions and your heart is far, okay? So that's why we create an atmosphere. And it's possible. It's possible. I remember we had a staff member working here many years ago. And she was brilliant. She was effective. She was really on fire for God. And being on the staff and in the church, we prayed together. We did communion together. And one day I could see that she was kind of like a little bit lost and just like forlorn. And she had like this faraway look. And I said, what's the problem? And she said, the problem is, I think, Pastor, I've lost Jesus. I thought, whoa, that's strange. You're in a church. You see, the problem is, when you, if you work in the ministry and you rely on communion time for your time with God, and when we pray on your quiet time with God, you're going to lose Jesus. It's the same if you work for the Standard Bank or you work for your own business. You've got to, if you're a believer, you've got to make that time for you and God alone. When, as soon as that time goes out of the window or those moments go out of the window, what happens is we lose the intimacy. We lose the fellowship. We, and so we just come into church because I've got to come to church. Bless God. Hallelujah. Said. We lift our hands, clap our hands. We go home, praise God. And, and, and it could have been Father Christmas up here, actually. We could have had a rotary club and played bingo all day, and that probably would have meant something for you. We could have had some novels here, reading uh, Enid Blyton to you or a cowboy book or something else. No, we want to know God. We want everybody to have that, that intimacy. Things happen in the week, I understand. And sometimes we lose it, and sometimes God feels far. But we have the opportunity of every day reconnecting with God. He's a real God. You know what amazes me is that the Israelites, they did, they did all that they did. 
I mean, these were the guys that had the code. They had the law. Moses was up on the mountain. There was the thunderings. There was the lightnings of God. There was the presence of God. When God said to Moses, tell my people, I want them all to be a kingdom of priests. They came back and said, ah, I can't know when. This is too close to the bone. Moses, you go and represent us. This is just, we, it's too much for us. You go and represent us. And so they did all that they did. All the rituals, all the ceremonies, and everything that they did. You heard me say, in the tabernacle of Moses, led up to that one time event, when on the day uh, of atonement, the high priest, not any priest, would go beyond the veil to what? To experience the presence Everything they did was so that they could know God. And only the high priest got that privilege. And they went from year to year. Prophets prophesied about somebody that was going to come. And when Jesus came along the shores of Galilee, it was only one man who was eating honey and locusts that said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Nobody else could know him. They were so ritualized. They were so formatted. Their hearts were so hardened and away from God. And family, we can easily get into that place. Serving God for 45 and a half years, God. I, you know, I've been serving God for many years. But I've been a long time since I heard His voice. Been a long time since the Word actually jumped out and God spoke to me. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, been a long time since God revealed my heart and there were some things that I had to repent because we evolve with God. We evolve with God. So the first thing is reaching out but also knowing God. And Ephesians 1 and 17 in the NIV says, Paul says, I pray that you may know Him personally. Don't worry about anybody else. You've got to work your own salvation out. You've got to make sure that every day you're intimately knowing God. Every day you're aware of God. You might be in the taxi, but I'm aware of God. I'm in my workplace. I'm working for the Standard Bank, but I, I'm aware of God. And I'm talking to God. I'm knowing God. I'm fellowshipping with God. Hello? Anybody in this place this morning? Look at what Matthew 7 says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Are you sitting down this morning? Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, I prophesied. I was on the dream team. I helped feed communion. I helped feed the poor. I buttered the bread and gave it to the little children. I cast out devils in your name and many wonders. And he will declare to them, I never knew you. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. Come on. So which brings me to my next slide. We consider reaching people who do not know God personally to be one of our greatest responsibilities. And if that means something to you, then every Sunday, I know that we're limited in space, but you look for any opportunity to bring people 
that is the mark. That, that tells you, you know God, that you're in fellowship with God. When there's the salvation of a soul and you are earnest about your friend, about your brother, about your colleague at work, come on, that's how, that's how people know. People don't know. It's not because you clap, so you jump, you jump, you jump. No, no. It's, it's, about, it's about people br bringing people to know the God that you know. It's about bringing people to know the God that you know. Look at somebody and tell them it's about bringing people to know the God that you know. If you don't know him, you're not going to bring others to know him. That's a good asset test. It reveals where you are this morning. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm just having a heart-to-heart -heart talk. Because we can get really hardened and, we, and things happen and we're praising God and doing all kinds of stuff, but actually we're all hiding behind a mask. Do you know God this morning? I was saved. I had a great experience in 1923. Wonderful. How about 2019? Hello? Anybody here this morning? Very quiet. Number two, once people know God and we reach people, we do whatever we can. You have to ground people in the Word. Otherwise, you're going to lose people. If it's based on emotion, oh, I saw a purple color, and then in that purple color, there was like a, a beast, an animal, a horse with three heads and five tails and six legs. And then what happened? And then, I don't know, God just spoke to me. <laughs> it's not going to last very long, I can promise you that. I can promise you that. You're probably here today and gone tomorrow. Here today and gone tomorrow. And then next we'll hear that person was on some medication and I don't know what else. But anyways, it's about establishing people. And in that, we're talking about finding freedom. And let me just say this to every born-again Christian. A lot of us need freedom. Deliverance is ongoing. It's not a once-off thing. It's not a once-off thing. That's why you've got to always watch your heart. What's in my heart? And if there are things that are binding us, sometimes we get caught in these habits and cyclical things. And, 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 and Jesus, he's, he's Lord of Lords. If, if there's something exalted and something that's driving you and pressing you and demanding your time, then that's an idol. It's an idol. That's an idol in your life, and you need freedom. You need, in a, not a nice word, but deliverance. Deliverance doesn't mean we need to bring a bucket and vomit. I remember when I got saved, and then about three, four months later, this lady came and said, I think we need to do deliverance. And you, okay. She said, you need to come to my place, such and such a place, and we'll do deliverance. I said, fine. Uh, great. No problem. I'm, hey, Whatever. You tell me to hang upside down and, you know, bash a tambourine with my legs, I'll do that. I was ready for that. Knock on the door when I get there, and she's there with a big bucket. Come on in. Great. I thought she was washing the floor or something. I don't know. We go to the lounge. The bucket comes with us. Okay, I think we'll go that way. All right, let's bring the bucket with us. Let's, wherever we go. And then they start praying for me and so on and so forth. Okay, it's coming out now. It's coming. Ooh, ooh. I'm trying to, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. 
short of me putting my fingers down my throat and physically inducing vomit, if it happens, it happens. It doesn't have to be a bucket. Who said, uh, and, and they brought a bucket and Jesus delivered them? Is there a scripture like that? Now, a lot of times demons did leave screaming and crying and whatever else, but it doesn't have to be like that. God, God is an orderly God as well. So freedom is very important. I'm talking to Christians here. It amazes me to hear of so many preachers, not even Christians, preachers bound by alcohol, drugs, pornography, all kinds of stuff because we need deliverance. One of the greatest things that the cross ever wrought for you and I is to walk in the freedom and liberty. Not supposed to be bound, brother. You're not supposed to be bound. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Can you give me a better amen? Ephesians 1 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, focused, and clear. If you are in bondage, you won't see clear. Your life will lack purpose, will lack meaning. It will lack power as well because hidden sin is the Achilles of the church and the believer. And I've discovered the greatest thing that you can do is just say, it's true. I've got a problem with food. I've got a problem with gossip. Yeah, I've got a problem with anger. Whatever it is, God knows it anyways. Who are you trying to hold it from? Well, you see, I'm a lay pastor in the church. Who cares about that? Rather get that sorted out, that you live a life of freedom, that your marriage prospers, shut the door and the window to every demonic attack, and move on in God. Don't worry about titles. Titles not going to deliver you. When you get to heaven, uh, Jesus, I was a, a lay pastor, you know, the Durban Christian Center. Remember, remember the one that got burnt down? Yeah, that, that one. I was a lay pastor. Mm, sorry, I didn't know you. I didn't know you. Hello. It's a bit strong this morning, isn't it? But it's good. It's good. It's good. Bump your neighbor and say it's good. All right. We were created to do life together. Establishing and finding freedom means we were created to do life together. So what does that mean? That means that we're going to walk through each other's problems. We're going to help each other together. Okay? This is not about you. Hey, you got a problem? So see, you, see you three months time. Good luck. No, we're reaching out. We want to pray with you. We want to counsel you. If we lack the experience and the counsel, we'll find somebody who's more experienced than us. But we want to walk through stuff with you. That's what it is. In a family, anybody in families here? Let me see any families here, families. In, any, any, do you ever have any problems in families? Yeah, yeah, lots. So what do you say? Okay, you sort it out, you sort it out. See you back in six months. Is that what you do? No. Let's walk. Let's talk about it. Come on. Let's pray through. Uh, 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 let's, uh, 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 and you, it's a process. 
It's a process. You walk it out. Hallelujah. And hopefully by the time you get to the end of that road, there's freedom and there's liberty. So we were, and life groups are great at that. The last one, all right, is activate. Oh, so there's, am I on point two or three? I'm on three. Activate is discovering your purpose. Activate. Okay, once you are free, now we want to switch you on and get you to function for God. Get you to fulfill your purpose, man. The second most critical thing after you have found Jesus Christ and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the next, the next most important thing for your life is knowing what was I created to do. What, 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 what is it? I can't sing. I can't hold a screwdriver. I can't put a nail in a piece of wood. I, uh, I don't know where the car engine is. I just The pedal is there. Something's in the front. What were you created to do? You were created to do something. And by golly, you better find out what it is. You, you better find it quick. Why? Because time's ticking. Time's ticking. Oh, 78. Oh, now I know what I was supposed to do. Well, that's it. You've had 78 years. I don't know how much longer you got. Huh? So you got to find what is your purpose? What is the one thing that thrills your heart that causes you to come jumping out of bed? I don't know if there's anything like that, but anyways, purpose will do that for you. Purpose will do that for you. Purpose will do that. Number four, we are planted to make a difference. Hallelujah. Give me some keys there. Every one of us. Every one of us. Every one of us. If you got the life of Jesus on the inside of you, my friend, you're, you're in this world to make somebody happy. Somebody, you're bringing somebody joy. You're bringing somebody hope. You're, 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 you're making it sweeter for somebody who's having the bitterness of life. You carrying Jesus on the inside of you. Making a difference means, you know what? There's a whole lot more than just me. It's about others. A lot of Christians, it's me, myself, I. How great I am. No, let me tell you, making a difference is about what you can give to others, how you can help others, how you can bring light to others, how you can bring healing to others, how you can bring comfort to others. That's making a difference. Psychics can't do that. All the highly intellectuals can't do that. Politicians can't do that. The economists can't do that. The bankers can't do that. Presidents can't do that. God's given you and I. That's why in 2 Corinthians it says, In this earthen vessel, there's a treasure. The other day I showed you how strong sand is. And you saw sand just falling to the ground. That's how strong your physical body is. And God said, I'm taking the weakest element in the earth 
and I'm putting me on the inside of it so that you know it's not sand that's blessing you and sand that's making you strong. It's what's in the sand. It's who's in the sand. Hallelujah. And I often tell people, you, we could be in Blichisfontein, Umschlackenbland or whatever that place is, somewhere, somewhere, I don't know. But you're right here in Durban for a difference, to make a difference. To make a difference, to make it count while we're on the watchman, on the city, while, while it's our turn, while it's our duty. We're on this journey to make it count, to make a difference. Hallelujah. Begins by realizing who it is that lives on the inside of you. And that's why I want to say, do you know God? Do you know Him? Do you know Him this morning? Do you know Him this morning? So many things, the way that we conduct our lives, that, that reveals the fact you don't know Him this morning. Things that happen. I mean, it's good right now, but I tell you what, when people, the fight to get their cars parked, I never forget every time we have the Benny Hinn um, uh, conferences, the fights, the language. I'm saying, are, are we coming to a uh, Justin Bieber concert or is this a Benny Hinn Christian concert? The ugliness, because they couldn't get in, there was no room. The ugliness when you can't park your car here and it's whatever, 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 whatever. We're doing whatever we can to make it easy and wonderful and thank God for the dream team and all those volunteers but I tell you what I tell you what I'll never forget the one time I preached a sermon on the love of God after the service immediately and we ended off I'll never forget that service there was a move of God we started to pray for people beautiful presence sweet presence of Jesus and I'm lingering like this and I'm just people of leaving out and there's a few that I'm just praying for two brothers outside <sighs> language <sighs> I'm thinking like what service were they in were they in another service then that just came out in the end they were in this service it's it's possible to be in the presence of God people imbibing people receiving from God and others just like come on I'm not trying to pick on people I'm just saying is it real is it real or is it fake if it's fake your children will see it people around about you will see it they'll know you got something fake man not real. But thank God he's real. Amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed right now in this place. Come on, this is not to point a finger at anybody. We're not judging anybody. I just want to know, is it real for you? Is this person, Jesus Christ, is he real? Reaping everything that Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. Is that real for you today?
Is that real for you today? If it's not today, today, right across the campuses, Galway, Phoenix, right here, today, today, you're purposing to put right with God. You can come as you are. Today, you're going to do it. In Jesus' name, today, every head bowed, every eye closed, those of you that say, Pastor, it's you that, it's me that you're talking about, and my life is not right. I'm away from God. Things have happened. Maybe there was a time where I was on fire, but actually, you know what? I've grown distant and cold today, and I've allowed all this stuff in my life to overwhelm me. Today, I'm coming. I'm surrendering. I'm giving him my life, committing my whole life once again. I'm just, I want to be real. I want to be real. This is authentic Christianity. This is not about being fake. I don't, I'm tired. I'm tired of wearing a mask. I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of smiling, but on the inside, I'm angry. Today, you can come. Whoever you are, doesn't matter. I'll be privileged to pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to count to three. Here we go. One, two, get ready. Three. Put your hand up high. Quick, 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 quick. Hands up high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Lift your hand. That's me. Across the campuses, wherever you are. In Galway. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Quickly. Lift it up and bring it down. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. We're going to pray over everybody right now. Okay? I want everybody to pray this prayer. Say after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name, just as I am, with all of my faults, all of my failures, and all of my sin, that I might know you today, right now. I give you my heart, my life, my everything. I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen.